Lifestyle Pirates with Big J and Adriano. Okay, good morning. Welcome to this morning's episode of Lifestyle Pirates. We're joined here this morning by Simon Hicks. How are you, Squire? Good morning. Uh, ahoy, I've wanted to do this. <laughs> ahoy, Lifestyle Pirates, permission to come aboard. Yar! <laughs> permission granted, mate, with that shirt, permission granted. <laughs> it's obviously a Caribbean team today, mate. Mm-hmm. It's uh, sunny in paradise, so I thought. It's the first one Dave had in a while, so mm. I thought I'd crack it out. It's just, yeah, yeah it's beautiful lovely shirt, day. beautiful weather. Mate, Why not? Look, it's looking delicious. Mm. Thank, Thank you for you. coming along. You have been uh, in artificial intelligence, AI, for over five years, so we're mm-hmm. going to be talking about that today. It's a very broad topic, so we'll see where we go. We've got time on our hands. Yeah. You've done it for over five years. What got you into AI, buddy? I started working in conversational AI, I suppose, out of interest, a bit by chance. A friend of mine was working at um, an Australian startup company called Flamingo, um, which was founded by Dr. Katrina Wallace, conversational AI practice, and they were basically about 25 guys, most of whom were engineers, data scientists, and very, very bright people. Uh, and they needed to balance things out, obviously. Uh, so yeah. they, they invited me to come and join them. <laughs> they needed start. a token pom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They needed somebody to come and, and, and help them with the commercial side of the business. So, um, yeah, I've been doing all kinds of stuff. Sales, partnerships, business development, problem solving, relationship management, engagement management, all kinds of different things when I was at Flamingo. Um, I was there for around a year and I learned a lot. And I really got a buzz out of working in AI. Yeah. Because I was supposed to be there for a month just to help out a mate. And then, yeah, conversation AI is pretty cool stuff. Um, and the concept of artificial intelligence and how it might scale up to help humanity is really cool. And then um, I started working for another company, my, my current provider, um, where conversational AI has kind of grown. And, it, yeah, and I've been – I just love it. I work with all kinds of different organizations – um, across all different industries. That's the cool thing about AI is that yep. um, it's agnostic from an industry perspective. Mm-hmm. So I work with day-to-day, I work with banks, insurance companies, healthcare providers, um, and we try and support what they do through the use of conversational AI. Um, and I suppose my role is is problem solving through technology. Which so I what like. is conversational AI? Conversational AI, if we think about the different types of AI that are kind of around at the moment, there's obviously a lot of... Um, there's a lot of technology that's available to help uh, analyze data because mm-hmm. there was the advent of big data a few years ago. Yep. So organizations realized they had data and they were like, right, we've got to do something with it. Let's warehouse big data. Okay, cool. We've got it. We've warehoused it. Now what do we do? So lots of people are doing lots of different things with data and analytics. And when you say warehouse big data, are we literally talking in a warehouse? Uh, <laughs> it, 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 Brilliant. It, 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 I'm, I'm, just, I'm just asking for the layman. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, it was no, no, a question. It's literally... it was someone wrote in and asked him <laughs> 10 seconds ago. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> um, it, it is, yeah. There's physical fabrications where you store data, you, you know, you, Amazon, Google. Big all server of them. farms. Yeah, yeah, all of that kind of stuff. That's where, that's where they keep it. Cool. Not an actual farm as well. <laughs> no, no, no. The reason I'm asking is because AI, we're going we're gonna to unpack this today and we're not even yeah. going to scratch the surface, I don't think, within, within the hour. But there's a lot of concern and confusion around it because it is – I don't think people understand what it is. So this yep. you know, big data, well, what is big data when you say yep. where, all that stuff? Yep. What actually is that to the layman? So mm. I yeah. will be asking layman questions today. Oh, please do. And it's and I think it's it's a great point. And I get asked all kinds of weird and wonderful questions, some 
really straightforward and some really complex. And I, I bet you I'm going to be one of those weird questions that's, today that's because I must admit AI has been probably a fantasy for me for yeah. growing up. You know, I always fantasize about artificial intelligence and. So, yeah. yeah, I'm really excited to see where yeah, this conversation cool. is going to yeah. go. He's been like a puppy today. Like, <laughs> you know when we take a puppy for a walk, the tail's just like... Look at yeah. the <laughs> All these notes I have. Yeah, he's just been so excited and then yeah. you rocked up. But yeah, yeah. I interrupted, sorry. So, so what, is, what is AI? So, 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 sorry, no. So let me just finish about what conversational AI is. Yeah. So um, if you've got, um, if you capture data and then you want to understand what that data shows you about anything, your, customer, your customers, um, users... Um, interaction between machines. It could be something like Cisco routers or something like that. Um, big data can help. Well, yeah, data and data analytics can help you, and big data is a, is a portion of that. Conversational AI is much more about enabling organisations to talk to um, staff, talk to you. We talk about users. We shouldn't talk about users. Talk about talk to customers. It's all about the how you communicate. It's just it's just communicating. Um, and if you think about traditional models, models of communication, perhaps this is a different way of putting it. If you think about traditional ways of communicating between an organization, say your insurer or your telecom telecoms provider, mm. you call up a contact center um, and you have a really quite poor experience, don't you? Yeah. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. I always pick on the telecoms guys because yeah. nobody ever has anything to get said. They're the worst. They are. How are they say. still so bad at it? Um, well, they spent a lot of money not, yeah. not, not being poor at it. Um, and I think this is where the advent of conversational AI really lends itself to improving customer service. Um, I take a very simple approach that when you reach out to your provider of services, financial, telecoms, whatever, you don't want to have a chat with them. You want to get something done. Mm. So really, your speed to execution is the most critical thing. Mm-hmm. And not just speed for the sake of speed. You want it to be robust and secure. But you, you actually want to execute a task as soon as possible. What happens when you go online, sorry, when you call up a contact center and you get stuck on hold for 20 minutes and 30 minutes and then you get put through to somebody and then they're like, oh, you've come through the wrong department and then they push you somewhere else. Mm. Oh, sorry, I can't help you with that. Can you call this number back? And it's just the most frustrating, wretched situation. And it's like, well, from a customer perspective, I have, I've got an issue or I want to do something. I want to, might want to buy something from you. Mm. You know, I might want to give you money for something. I just want to get that done as soon as possible. And, um, and artificial conversational AI enables organizations to do that. Uh, my organization, we work with a very large global telecoms provider. And um, we are, we're in Peru and we have a conversational agent has 6 million conversations a month with customers via voice. Mm-hmm. And the um, intent recognition, which is kind of like how much does she actually understand when she's talking to a person, uh, is well into the 90s. It's got a gender. She. She, yeah, our product does, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Most do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, intent recognition. Intent recognition. So um, when you communicate with each other, when you, in, what is intent? You you phone up an organisation because you want to do something. What you want to do is your, what is your intention and your intent. So when a, te- when a piece of conversational AI reads or reads or listens to what people are saying or read what you type in in a chat or whatever that might be. We measure its ability to recognize its facility to understand your intent. So, so this is almost looking at the next step of that conversation. So it's not, it's not reacting to the request or the initial question. It's, it's processing that, but then going, I think we're going to go down this path. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, you, you kind of get in there. Yeah, it's, so if we think about, say, chatbots, <coughs> which mm. are kind of 2017 was the year of the chatbot, believe it or not, a couple of years ago now. Uh, chatbots are typically rules-based pieces of software that identify specific words that you mm. use within a sentence. So, are they um, those things that pop up when on the home page? Like, Hi, yeah. I'm Alan. Can I help? Yeah, <laughs> right. Alan's a great name for a chatbot. I've never seen a chatbot called Alan, <laughs> but that's great. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then what they're doing is they match a word with a potential outcome, and then they'll offer that to you. So you could turn around to an organisation, and I did, did this with an Australian superannuation provider, where I went and had a chat with their chatbot, and I do spend time chatting mm. to chatbots. I know that sounds a bit weird. Um, <laughs> but um, I tested it because I asked, I asked it what 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 is superannuation or what is super, and it told me what superannuation is. And then I asked it what is a super yacht, and it told me what superannuation is. So there's a great example of where rules based technology yeah. chatbots uh, works and doesn't work because it's matching super and going oh well you you've come to me you must I mean most super it's very limited yeah, yeah. absolutely so. When, when we then start talking about conversational AI and digital assistance, it's it's a lot more um, the development of the technologies isn't just looking at words in a sentence. It's understanding your intent. So you might turn around to our technology and you might give it some instruction like, um, hi, I'd like to pay John Sermon and Adriano $200 on Monday out of my savings account. Um, can you can you market lifestyle pirates or something like that? I'm, so in that, I'm a massive fan of that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought you might be. Right? <laughs> so within that one sentence, I have given a lot of entity. There's a lot of entities and there's intention behind that. Mm-hmm. So most technology and most uh, software would pick out, you want to make a payment? And they would go, and who do you want to pay? And they would say, and how much money do you want to pay them? And it would just go through this really. Yeah. Whereas our technology understands your intent, recognizes the different entities within that, recognizes what you want to do, and then enables you to do that. So it's like, so its next question would be, if, for example, I didn't have any money in my savings account, it would say, hey, you've, you, you need to move money across to be able to do that. I can do that for you. Would you like me to do it? And it would just get one to do it. Mm. And that is a much better experience, I think. And call me biased because I work in the, in the field. Yeah. Um, but that's a much better experience from a, a customer's perspective. Mm. So that's conversational AI. So that's conversational AI. Sorry, I know we th- we're okay. at, we are at risk of rabbit holes today. Charles. Oh, fantastic! So if, I, if I guess you should have seen me last night on YouTube, <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole. So let's <laughs> let's come back out. What is yeah. AI? So to the again, I'm I'm Mr. Layman I'm not today. There yet. What what is AI? I wanted to know about that chat box more. It sounds like early sort of text based games. So like from the 80s, remember like Leisure Suit Larry? Yes. Like the original text based version. Yeah. Chat I, box I, I is just remember. so much later. Just like Ch- Leisure Suit Larry yeah. was doing that years ago. I know, I know, right? <laughs> Number one, two, and three, cracking games yeah. as well. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry, I just so wanted to make right. the, real, the no, connection No, 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 there. it's all right, go for it. Mm. All you boots. Um, sorry, was there a question there, Adrian? Or was I-, I don't believe so. What is AI? Let's go move on to AI. So. <laughs> sorry, John. <laughs> um, I suppose in, in fairly straightforward terms, artificial intelligence is the concept that mach- machines can, uh, machines that mimic humans in the simplest, yep. simplest of kind of terms. And I think actually artificial intelligence, you can say it in simple terms, but then I'll sort of it depends on your perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So we can take a simple perspective, which is artificial intelligence is machines that mimic humans. Mm-hmm. Um, philosophically, you could turn around and you can go a lot deeper, Yeah, which is kind of, I'm kind of semi-hoping we're going to get yeah. to do Oh, we today. will. <laughs> um, because I think 
machines, machines mimicking human beings. Okay, cool. But actually, if you look across history at how the interplay between humans and machines has spread and developed across millennia, um, there is a huge philosophical question about what is it that makes us human? Mm. Because if, if a machine that mimics a human, you have to understand what is a human or you have mm. to perceive what a human is first and foremost. Mm. And there's a huge, and when you look at guys like Alan, well, Alan Turing was the kind of the founding father of mm. artificial intelligence. And he was, and he wrote two papers, one in 36 and one in 52 or 54 or something like that. And he was, the way he approached it, and he didn't know, he was the founding father of computer science without knowing it, right? So mm. we all have to be, it all has to be relative. We also have to think about what was going on at the time. Computers in the 1930s were human beings doing mathematics, yeah. doing equations. So that raises a good point because is intelligence doing mathematics equations? Uh, maybe, mm. but there's, we're talking right now. Does that require intelligence? You have emotions. Does that require intelligence? Mm. Um, and I think Turing then turned in, in, in time actually started measuring intelligence in terms of performance which again, I'm still trying to get my head around a little bit. Mm. Um, but again, it's artificial intelligence. I mean, again, just, just to kind of dial it back, it's machines that, that think, it's machines that mimic behavior. There has been, and, and what I'd like to do if I might, is if we talk about what AI is and we'll talk about what AI isn't, and we'll talk about robotics mm -hmm. and AI, we'll talk about the interplay between AI and computers, we'll probably talk about algorithms as well. So, but also we're going to talk about automata. Okay. So if we think about, because often, often people go, oh, AI, that's robots. No, mm. it's not. Artificial intelligence, think of it. Artificial intelligence is like a kind of synthetic brain, mm. a software brain, if you will, that thinks and determines and does all that kind of stuff. You've then got robotics, which is, a more, and they're both kind of 20th century concepts, right? Robotics is more around a machine that performs labor. It's more to do with workforce. And actually there is interplay between the two. So if you think of a Venn diagram, you've got two circles. One has got robots in it. One has got artificial intelligence in it. You merge the two together just slightly. So then you can have artificially intelligent robots. Yeah. Um, but they are, I think it's worth making the distinction of what they are and how distinct they are. And, and yes, there is interplay between the two. In the same way that if we talk about artificial intelligence and computers, they, they are, there's a lot of crossover between the two. But again, a computer is a machine that, um, I was trying to think of a good, a good way of explaining this in, in kind of straightforward terms. If we can consider that uh, computers, and, and I think this is the other thing that I wanted to bring in, is that we use computers every day, be mm. on our phones or our laptops and that kind of thing. And we kind of take them for granted. Back when Alan Turing kind of first came up with the idea of artificial intelligence, computers didn't, well, they existed in humans in their brains. Mm. And then it's all about, okay, well, let's build a machine that can do that. And that's literally how we came up with the ideas yeah. of computers and, and where we come from today. Computers are like the processing power, if you like, of artificial intelligence. So you can have artificial intelligence, again, and you can have computers, that, and they're two separate, separate distinct things or entities, but then they have interplay at the same time yeah. because artificial intelligence typically exists within a computer and are powered by computers yeah. um, in the same way that I think um, it's worth making the distinction around um, algorithms because um, algorithms are mathematic uh, have been in mathematics for millennia. Mm. They're nothing new. And I know 
Um, I watched The Social Dilemma this week. Yeah. I was getting prepped. I was getting all right. Okay. People, people keep saying, you know. Scary you, show. It's a scary, yeah. scary show. Um, but actually, and I was uh, contemplating it. It's almost like it's a really good show. Mm. And if your listeners haven't watched it, I would recommend it. It's really good. It's really insightful. But there was a, there was a part of me that, in, upon reflection, felt that they were almost demonizing algorithms. Yeah. Right? Algorithm, <laughs> algorithms are, are, are harmless. Yeah. Right? It's the intent. It's the yeah. It's 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 a bit like an, an algorithm is a mathematical equation for for one of a better word, and they they've existed for a very very long time. They're also a building block within artificial intelligence, uh, and you can put an algorithm upon an algorithm upon an algorithm upon an algorithm, and you can go from machine learning into deep learning, and you can go and start looking at artificial intelligence that's based on the, you know, neocortexes and, uh, you know, all kind of like the shape of our brains and all kinds of stuff. But it, inherently, and and again, social dilemma, I, I felt, and hopefully I'm explaining this clearly, I felt they were almost demonizing an algorithm. And it's like, no, no, it's a bit like, we were just talking about this before, weren't we? In terms of, it's a bit like a gun. Guns don't peel, kill people, people kill people. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it, it, yeah. it's a means, it, it's a means to an end. So, with the program, they're like, "Oh, you've got." And, and sorry, spoiler alert. Jeez, we can we can edit that and mm. put in a spoiler alert and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we will. We will. <laughs> um, the to demonize an algorithm and say, "Oh, well, you know, these these companies they put together algorithms and they're off doing their thing and they're highly dangerous." Um, depends what you're trying to do with them, and it depends who's yeah. built them, and it yeah. depends what the intention of it of is the person that that put them together. I think they're sort of putting that out in the open as they do in a social dilemma because all of that stuff that you talk about, algorithms and all of the packet data and cookies that have sort of absorbed into these mm-hmm. programs that run these calculations, they're not monitored or they're not regulated, sorry. Exactly. So, you know, the outcome of a, let's say, a vote for the presidency, yeah. topical at the moment, yeah, yeah. you know, could that have been sort of swayed by – you know, someone's phone and like the propaganda or, or yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's so like what he sees on his phone and what I see on my phone is completely different. Yeah. Like there needs to be some sort of regulation with that stuff, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the trick, right? And then the, I think they make it on that program. Mm. It's if you work in a bank, if you – sorry, if banks, insurance companies, telcos, TV industry, it's all highly regulated mm. and you can't – you know, you're not allowed to show, like if you think of kids' TV, they're not allowed to show adverts for KFC or yeah. what, I don't know, making it up, yeah. but to, to protect to protect people. Um, and yet social media, which is everywhere mm. and con- contacts everybody, is not regulated. Yeah. And we're reliant upon organ- giant organizations with a lot of money who want to make more money to self-regulate. And they also have bias. Well, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we and, and we can definitely talk about uh, <laughs> unconscious bias and um, bias in technology and, and AI and all that kind of stuff. One hundred percent. So I so. think just a, one of my takeouts from the, the from what you've just been saying yeah. in terms of your day to day and and the social dilemma is the AI is is used for different reasons. So you know, in, yep. in the social media world, they are obviously competing for your attention yep. and to try and get you to stay on these platforms. Yep. Whereas in your world, you're trying to um, bring in efficiencies yep. and make the, the user experience better and streamlined. Is that right? So you're, yeah. you're solving a different problem. But, 100%. But they're using the same – it's the same – and this is the beauty of today because it's the same term, yeah. but just yeah. different – 100%. Different that's, a re- that's a really good point, right? Um, 
we're trying to help organizations have better conversations with their customers mm. or their staff um, to, to drive better outcomes. Organizations that are discussed and raised in, in this documentary, they're trying to monetize your attention. Yeah. And they do that using algorithms and AI that help to do that. And I actually, I share this with you. I watched it and I, I've been thinking for a while, you know what, I've, I spent far too much time wasted on social media every day. Yeah. So I've just removed and I'm not on Instagram and I'm not on Twitter or anything like that. I just don't have the time. But Facebook, geez, I've been getting you know, stuck into the videos a bit yeah. too too often. So I've just taken it off my phone. And um, and I just, feel, I feel really good. Yeah. You know, I've got a little girl and it's like, I, I don't know why I'm kind of, why am I wasting my time looking at cat videos or... You know, cat videos are pretty good. Oh, mate, they're, they're good for the soul. But at the same, but at the same time, there, there can be people with nefarious means uh, putting cat videos out there to try and catch your attention. It's yeah. nonsense. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I don't think that too many, too many documentaries actually uh, motivate you to go and do something, and make a change. But I was like, you know what, this is so true. So before you mentioned, um, obviously, conversational AI. How many different types of AI are there? Can you sort of put it into yeah, sure, absolutely. Some yeah, categories can, you, or yeah, absolutely. Just main categories, yeah, yeah. So there's the three main ones that we talk about are um, narrow, general, and super. Mm-hmm. Not in four fingers up, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> narrow, gen, general, and super. Um, narrow artificial intelligence is the bulk of what we see today available in society, available to us as consumers. Um, it's basically technology that can perform some tasks that a human being might perform. Mm. Um, I mean, arguably if it's, yeah, well, let's that's a chat it. box, isn't it? That's a narrow. In terms of, yeah, so chat, do chat, one task. A chat bot is very much a, uh, is, is narrow. It just does yeah. one task. It's kind of, yeah, it's fairly straightforward. Yeah. General artificial intelligence is intelligence that can perform tasks to the same level as a human being. And then super, super artificial intelligence is, um, technology that can outperform can perform a task that a human can do and it can outperform a human well it could be by a few degrees or it could be exponentially and that's where most people get really terrified and scared and where are we uh, uh yeah narrow artificial intelligence is kind of there yeah i think there's a lot of focus on us getting more into general and there's uh, you you read a bunch of statistics about um are we going to be super Super AI by 2050. Mm. Um, I'm personally, obviously, this is my my personal thought on this. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get there. For, yeah, for, I heard the number 2045. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Down that rabbit hole on YouTube that yeah. I was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Out of interest, what yeah. what industries? Am I right in thinking that different industries are going to be different stages? So some industries still might be in the narrow side. Other industries might be general, and some industries might be more in that super AI side. No, no, it's um, it's much more of a kind of um, su- super AI. Is n- nobody's doing that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, arguably, I don't think anybody's really doing general AI. Right. Um, because a lot. Because again, like, globally, or are we focusing here in Australia? No, just glo- globally. Right. Because um, think about it. Right. You you read. There's a lot of really cool tech out there. Right. Mm. So, see the Google CEO of Google last year. He, there's a video clip of him and he's got a conversational agent and he uses it to book himself a haircut. And they talk to a human being and the human being's like, oh, you know, they didn't know. They just thought they were talking to another person. It's like, okay, great. That's freaky. Is it? Yeah. I, yeah. I, the person I, on the other line didn't know he was talking to a robot and this robot's just made a full booking. 
Yeah, but it's but but think about the context of what they're doing. You phone up, hey, I'm, I I'd suppose like it's very sort of linear in what you're going to yeah, ask. Yeah, right. Are you going to take a booking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's not like what are you doing on a weekend as well. It's <laughs> yeah, like exactly, a, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you, exactly. Order, you order a takeaway and yeah. that delivers. You don't speak to anybody. No, I try not to speak to anybody ever. Good job we do a podcast. But you you order a pizza or or a takeaway, and you're not speaking to anybody. That you're you're doing a transaction, it arrives at your door. Oh yeah, Yeah, I know, but it's not talking to me. Siri does, but Siri's they've done the latest update of um, iOS, and Siri's just absolutely useless now. So, so be much better. Yeah, well, uh, so is is Siri is Siri that conversational AI? No. It'll be more my, narrow, my, wouldn't it? Yeah, my, my perspective on Siri is that she's an order taker. Mm. So it very much performs this role where you have humans and then you have a machine that behaves like a servant, right? Mm. You ask Siri something, she'll tell it to you, but she's not going to have a conversation. Mm. And they've added all like cool, sassy Siri, yeah. you know, use a rude word. And she's like, yeah. I don't appreciate that. Or she yeah, might yeah. say something yeah. like you can dial a sass up and down and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's just responding to words mm. as opposed to having a, an actual conversation. Yeah. Um, sorry, we were talking about narrow artificial intelligence and Google and the demonstration that they did. Mm. It's, it's a case of that's the point I wanted to make. It's like, okay, cool. So you've got artificial intelligence that can book a haircut. Okay, cool. But is it going to make me a cup of coffee? Mm. No, all of the the majority of technology that we see at the moment, um, it just does one thing very very well. Yeah. So playing chess, there's mm-hmm. a Korean uh, there's a Korean game board game called um, Go, and it's the most complex game ever invented by humankind. And of course, the guys from uh, DeepMind got hold of it and they created a machine that could play Go, and they beat and it beat the world champion in 2019. Um, they played five games. It won, it beat it, it beat the human four games to one. And I'll be honest, there were some people who read about this and <laughs> come and talk to me and they kind of freak out a bit. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's really impressive. But if you think about the parameters under which that technology has been developed and the way that they developed it, it was basically playing itself for days on end. Yeah, and figuring it out. And hundreds of mm. times over and over and over and over and over again. And it can do that at scale because it's a, piece of machine and doesn't sleep and it doesn't, it doesn't have an argument with its partner or get upset. Yeah. It just, all it does, mm. it's all it does. It also would have learned from that loss. Um, it would have done. And what's interesting, I think there's a, there's a play, it's called um, Move 37 or Move 78. I think that's what it was. No, so there's two things in this. It's pretty cool. So the machine, so you've got, obviously got a machine and a human playing each other. And there's all these go experts watching these two go, go at it kind of thing. And, uh, and the machine played a move, famous move 37, and move 37 was like, why you don't see the machine's rubbish? It's not going to work. And then two or three moves later, it made absolutely absolute sense, and it went on to win the game and all this kind of stuff. And they Probably, can track it back yeah. to, to that move 37. But then at the same time, the one game that the human won, um, they had move 78, and the human, and I can't remember the guy's name, and I'd probably just mess it up if I, if I tried to pronounce it, um, move 78... The machine looked at it and was like, this is bonkers. Why is this guy doing it? And yeah. it was the move that went on to, to win. Yeah. Right? Again, so amazing. Like Google DeepMind, and I'm not trying to keep name dropping Google in here. Um, they've done some amazing technology and it's fascinating. At the same time, it's just playing, it's just doing one thing. Mm. You know, And, I, just, and I think that's where, where it will get scary yeah. is when you see machines that are doing multiple tasks and perhaps you'll see that interface between AI 
and robotics, yeah. and you'll see it actually in a, in a tangible human form. So you mentioned 2050 roughly for super intelligence. Um, when do you think we'll see like – is that sentience? Do you think we'll see sentience in sort of AI? So so forgive me, I, I know a lot of people think that we're going to be at 2050 is when we get to super AI. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's going to be much, much further into the future. Really? Yeah. Like, no again, it's, it's, it's all relative, because right? Because once we get close to – that sort of peak, it mm. really accelerates quickly, doesn't it? Because then it's just figuring shit out even quicker. And well, I think um, you can see now the technology has re- reached a, a, a speed of development that is exponential. Like the, the development of technology now is just just vast, and it, mm. and it just outpaces human b- the abilities for humans to develop. And it's proven that that's where we're at. So, mm. and obviously that will help drive us towards super AI if ever we realize it. Mm. And again, the whole idea of having a sentient, a sentient machine. Mm. Um, okay, so we realise super AI, but does that then does that then manifest itself in a sentient being? Well, I don't know because you could turn around and say, right, we'll think of the most advanced neurosurgeon in the world, right? So, as we said, if if a if super artificial intelligence can outperform a human, right, and that's the mm. con- that's the concept that we, we kind of work to with these three ideas. Mm. You could say, right, well, you've developed a, an AI, a, a, a surgeon, an AI surgeon, and it can do it better than a human. Does it have to be sentient to be better than a human? No, because no. you can, can, no, exactly, right? So, Sorry, layman question. Yeah. Sentient. <laughs> Sentience is to do with being self-aware, I think mm. is the easiest way yeah. to put it. So we are sentient beings. We're aware of each other. We're aware of what we perceive in front of us. Again, we could go down a rabbit hole with <laughs> we get all matrix and all kinds yeah. of stuff, this one, which is kind of cool, but yeah. perhaps we don't want to go down there just yet. But the idea of sentience is being self-awareness we have. Uh, and that's, again, that is fundamentally what, one of the things that makes us human, right? But uh, again, it's all relative to the individual as to what makes us human. Sentience is one of them. Um Mate, over to you. You've got so many, you've got so many questions. <laughs> well, I'm actually going to open up a few of these. So yeah. <laughs> one thing that also always yeah. comes up with um, artificial intelligence is yeah. unemployment. Yeah. You know, are we going to get to a state where we've created these robots that do all of these tasks and there's no sort of reason for manual labor for humans? Um, how far away do you think we are from that? What's your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a possibility? Are we trying to do that? Yeah. Is it danger in that? Oh, man. Uh, you'll have to go through these questions again in a minute. I think yeah. just one step at a time. <laughs> one step at a time in, in terms of, uh, you know, it's it's interesting. People's people's minds go to what will the robots do when they come? What will the AI, what's going to do? What mm-hmm. does it mean for us? Right now in the job that I do, we see the creation of jobs through new technology and artificial intelligence, right? So... To, to assume that perhaps if we look at it, we're making an assumption that there are a finite number of jobs that exist, tasks that exist, mm. and we might get to a stage in the future where we've got a machine to do all of them and then human beings performing those tasks then become redundant. But I think that perhaps um, we need to give due consideration to the fact that new machines and new technology will create new jobs and it's a self-perpetuating cycle. Mm. Um, I, I think there is, if we if we dial it back a little bit, I think there's a huge need in society for technology to take the burden of tasks that 
um, need to be done that we don't do very well. So mm. think, the, of, think the, of aged care. That right? are, but that are mundane as well. So you, yeah. you could also add into that equation that if, if the stuff that you're working on is, is taking the mundane out of someone's day, yep. that enables them to be more creative. Yep. That enables them to maybe start businesses, maybe think yep. of new things. So yep. it adds to that cycle. Yeah. And then in years to come, that stuff will become boring. And then actually yep. we're, we're able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at, so for example, so I'm going to go back to superannuation. Um, no particular reason. But well, you were talking about healthcare. Why, you, why did you bring up healthcare? Um, because one of the challenges in Australia, for example, and most of the Western world, the aging population is a challenge, right? Mm. There are not enough young people to care for the old. And... How, and, and yet there will be more old people in the future than there are right now because there are fewer younger people. It's as, sim- it's as simple as that. So people who work in aged care, people who work in disability care, people who work in nursing, nursing care work really hard. They don't get paid very much money um, in Australia, and I, and I speak from experience of one of my clients of this. Uh, English isn't typically a first language. There's high staff turnover because they come and go. People might turn up do one shift. They might be there three shifts and then they'll leave and, and whatever. And yet people in, invest a large amount of money to have a consistent high-quality level of care for um, the aged, for people with disabilities, for whomever. Yes, please, mate. Um, um, and people and people entering the job market or in the job market mm. do not want to do those jobs. Mm. So how do we overcome those challenges? Well, uh, technology, artificially intelligent machines, arguably could do could help. And actually, if you look at some some um, some elements of healthcare, machines can actually do a better job than human beings. How can they help? Out of interest, uh, help help. Where are they helping? So, um, well, this is the thing. This is what a lot of people are working on. So, it's a case of um, so if we look at. Um, so many things, so many so many areas that we could help. One area that I'm working on at the moment is with an organisation where they're trying to relieve the administrative burden that their staff have to go through every day, so that individuals can spend more time with their with their customers. Um, I was up in Queensland last year, and I was talking to a very impressive individual called Dr. Liz Kenny, who's a senior oncologist. Um, she's got an Order of Australia, very cool person. Um, she's probably not listening to this, but. She's an absolutely inspiring, inspirational person. We were having a conversation, um, I was doing a presentation uh, in front of a bunch of healthcare professionals and afterwards we were having a chat and it was basically like, it is scientifically proven that the more time that she as an oncologist and her staff can spend with cancer patients, for every, that there is a, a, a higher chance of survival for those patients. And yet every hour that is spent, the majority of that hour let's say it's 45, 50 minutes, is based dealing with admin. So you have, in that instance, you have high, a highly trained individual who has some amazing skills to go and help people, and yet they are burdened by admin. So there are, why couldn't we go and train a piece of technology, an artificially intelligent machine, to go and help streamline that, process that admin process, take the burden, relieve the congestion, take away that mundane stuff mm. so that that individual can then go and have, even if it was an extra two minutes. And again, it's th- this pulls on your heartstrings and I'm always trying to be objective when we talk about this, mm-hmm. but surely that is a good outcome and that is a good use of artificial intelligence mm. um, to help society. And, and again, you know, the, the challenges, again, the challenges around healthcare, aged care, disability care, I think it's, it's a real call for 
different ways of doing it because there's just not enough people in the system. And, you know, it's hard. I mean, you think about young people who, who it's like, okay, cool, so you, you left school, you've done your HSC, you've got university. Um, how many of them are going to want to turn around and go and work in an, in an aged care facility? And, and again, I'm please don't think I'm being derogatory or anything like yeah. that, but I'm just trying to, to objectify yeah. and break things down in terms of these are the real-life challenges that we see and we can really use the technology to make a difference. Um, and I think that, that we just all benefit from that. Mm. If, if, you, if you had your granny in, a, in a, an aged care facility and um, you knew that she was getting better quality of care, better quality of life, that make you feel good, right? You'd be like, great. Mm. She'd feel good. You'd feel good. The people around the service provider delivering that service would feel better. So well, why can't we do that? So I think to Adriana's question around the unemployment side, do you think when you, when we talk about AI, people's mind just goes straight to negative? Like, do you think we go to Terminator 2? <laughs> <Yeah>. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I've spoken uh, at numerous events and the Terminator 2 thing comes up so many times. And actually... Um, I've, I've actually, it fascinates me because it just comes up so much. And mm. it's like, why do people always go for this? And I did a bit. Because you said it on the film. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back. <laughs> that was rubbish. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was yeah, absolutely right. horrible. <laughs> <That's it>. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, I think that it's a great, the fascination of power dynamics in machines and, hu- and in the relationship between humans and machines is millennia old, Right. So let's go back, ready? Mm. It's like Bill and Ted moment. Let's go back to ancient Greece, right? Uh, and we're going back to around uh, the, what is it, the 8th century before, I'm just going to look at my notes because I always forget the, I always forget the name of the, the mythical character that I'm going to talk about. Mm. Greek mythology, Prometheus, that's what we're yeah, going to talk about, right? <laughs> I'm always like, movie. Poseidon, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> Prometheus, right? So th- Prometheus is written in the eight, or is reckoned to be written in the eighth century. Prometheus is a deity, a god, if you like, a trickster god who is supposed to have stolen the gift of fire and given it to mankind, right? And when the Greek gods found out about this, they weren't too pleased, as you can imagine. Nobody likes being stolen from, right? So as punishment, um, this, this is amazing punishment. I love this. Uh, Prometheus was chained to a rock for eternity. And every and the, just as a segue, uh, Greek society believed that your liver was the, was your, was the, the um, what's the word? Your, your liver is like your brain, your heart. That's where everything, what makes you human, that's where it comes from. So obviously it has quite a lot of meaning. You might be like, what have liver's got to do with it? So anyway, Prometheus is chained to this rock and every day a bird would come down and eat his liver, right? And then it would regrow overnight and then the bird would come back, right? And you're looking at me like, what are you, do- what are you smoking, mate? <laughs> um, <laughs> the bird that comes and eats Prometheus's liver was the servant or pet of Vulcan and it is an automata. It is a machine, Right, so we can tra- trace back the concept of machines and automata. An automata, um, so you know, so you, so you can get a feel for it, is a self-moving device, right? So it's a piece of machinery or a piece of engineering, right? And every day it would come down and consume the liver. Now, the reason why I raise that is because what I want to, what I'm trying to reflect on, is that the human obsession, and I call it an obsession, a fascination, however you want to put it, interest in. Um, power dynamics between humankind and servants, 
sorry, humankind and machines is this mastery, master and servant play. Mm. And automata have existed ever since. I mean, now it's like Christmas is coming up. You know, you go past the, excuse me, you go past the, um, the Christmas shops and you've got a, a, a Santa sat waving at you. Mm. Ho, ho, ho. Have you been good this year and all that nonsense? That is an automata. It's a self-moving machine, right? But it's built, and I, and I use the analogy of Santa in a, in a shop window because it's built to perform um, for our, our pleasure, if you will, right? If you roll forward to the first century of the modern era, um, there's this guy called Hero of Alexandria, which I think is a great name. I think there should be more people called Hero in the world, right? It's a great name, right? But this is the first time moving away from mythology into the more um, human, humankind's exploring the practical, practical application of automata. Um, this is a guy who basically wrote about um, going into the temple and the doors open without you having to do anything. Uh, he's also the guy who came up with the kind of the, the Greek, the, the, at the time, the equivalent of a vending machine, mm. right? And it's all about this automata. They perform, sorry, they're, they're self, uh, self-moving machines and they perform for us, right? But it's always... We are the masters and they are servants. They, they perform for our pleasure, if you will, right? And everywhere throughout history where that occurs, people always question the power dynamic between, but what happens if that was reversed, right? So often people get to talk to me about Terminator, Terminator 2. But again, I think that's just naturally, that's a very natural thing and it's been going on for a long, long time. So and I think people get scared by AI, mm. but I think that's just part of a natural fascination with the relationship between human beings and machines. And also machines that if AI is technology that mimics humans, it's like, well, perhaps people know how crazy humans can be. Mm. And that's what kind of terrifies them. A yeah. Bit, you know, because it's yeah. going to be like, well, we've had wars and you know, the Cold War. They can't and be and trusted. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah. Humans are, are scientifically proven to be unreliable, right? Yeah. At best. <laughs> So. And that goes back to the the, the the bias question, yeah, the bias conversation we had earlier on. Yeah, hundred percent. How do you program AI? Because AI will have to work off probabilities and stuff like that, algorithms. So there has to be a bias in it, like built into it. Yeah, like to be able to distinguish which decision to make as a bias. So how do you sort of like? There's been proven um, sort of studies that you know, social biases and everything can be programmed into AI and they actually make these decisions that, you know, could be either racial or something yeah. else like that. So yeah. how do we sort of govern that? Like, do we need to govern it? Yes, we absolutely do. Yeah. Um, and I think, so a couple of years ago, um, and I was trying to find the article I read and, and I've read a lot of articles <laughs> over the past five years, as you can imagine. There was a police department somewhere in uh, North America, I believe is in the USA, and it was basically they built it to um, – profile um uh, i can't remember the word profile yeah. individuals who might have committed crimes and time and again it would pick people of color as, as yeah. being uh, having a higher probability pro- higher probability of committing a crime which is terrifying yeah and where does that come from where does that bias come from um well um and again i don't you know these are important topics to to, to discuss if you have a bunch of a group of individuals building technology and they all come from the same background and perhaps they're all of a certain gender, um, it, it's un, they will have unconscious bias and mm. that will represent itself in their work. Yeah. So, for example, if you've got a bunch of white guys um, who are programming technology and they all come from a similar socioeconomic background uh, and they all went to Ivy League universities and they've all got – and they're all predisposed to certain things, well – it is no surprise that those might then come through into their work, mm. but they're to, 
to be fair, some of that will be unconscious. They just don't know they're doing it. Yeah. So how do you then, um, how do you then regulate that? Yeah. You, well, you've got to regulate it mm. first and foremost. Um, and you've seen there's a huge, as, as artificial intelligence is kind of evolving and becoming more consumable and more uh, available to us in a day-to-day facility, mm. in our day-to-day um, lives, there is much more interest in AI and ethics. It's absolutely huge. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's obviously things, you know, these shows like The Social Dilemma are going to ask even more questions about that because I think people in government maybe don't understand how much things like algorithms within Facebook impact us, influence our behaviour, how they're, and that's whether it's inciting violence towards people because they vote differently to you mm. or whether that's, Stop. Whether that's controlling our children and making them think that, um, you know, making them scared to go out and do things because they put something on Facebook mm. or whatever TikTok or whatever, and then they get judged for it. Yeah, um, it's got to be more regulation, of course. Because, and, and again, I, I, I feel quite strongly that the idea of self-regulation, which you know, I'm not trying to pick on big organisations, Mark Zuckerberg says, don't worry. We'll have we've got these algorithms. We're going to build more algorithms to control the algorithms. Mm. The, the whole idea of billion trillion dollar organizations self moderating. Mm. I just don't know how that how that works. Yeah, it's like it, it, let's use an extreme example. If you're a heroin addict, you've got to then go and self regulate because mm. you're hooked on something. Yeah. Well, what, what might you know? Is that is that going to is that going to give you a really high probability of of, of uh, self containment? Of you know, I'm not. I'm going to do it today. Like, mm. no, it just doesn't. And, and I'm not trying to jump on. Um, I'm not trying to be hysterical here. I'm not trying to, you know, kind of why, you know, grab at these kind of weird and wonderful mm. ideas. But the whole idea of self-regulation, as we talk about regulation, is is just kind of bogus to me. Yeah. And again, and I think it will it will go to government to do that because government representatives are voted by the people for the people or for the people by the people, mm. whichever way around it goes. So ideally, they would have the public. Um, the public's um, health safety in their, sorry, I'm not being very clear. Um, they would have that as the highest degree that that's going to be paramount to them to con- to help control that. But yeah, it's, yeah. So there's a ongoing sort of, um, <coughs> excuse me, ongoing exercise that's going on at MIT. So you can go on their website and it, mm-hmm. like, it's sort of, what would you choose? So there's a classic example of Tesla and, you know, yep. automated cars yep. where it's coming to an accident. Um, you can either – so there's two occupants in the car, there's two occupants um, in front of the car and then there's an obstacle. You can either drive through, kill the ocu- uh, the two people on the road and survive mm-hmm. or crash and then um, the two people die but the two people outside, yeah. you know, survive. Mm-hmm. And then um, the ethics behind what the car would choose to do in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly going through that sort of stuff. And I think there was an accident recently where Tesla, or like one of the Teslas sort of had it, some freak out accident and mm-hmm. someone died. That comes up so often now with um, when we talk about AI. Mm-hmm. How do we get past that sort of stumbling block? That's a great question. And I think... I have moments of objectivity when I consider this. Yeah. And I think part of me says we are developing technology and that technology is an experiment mm. and experiments go wrong. Yeah. And people get hurt, things get destroyed, damaged, mm. animals, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's almost like, well, we don't live in a perfect world where to experiment doesn't result in things that are unforeseen. Yeah. 
So it's like, it almost has to happen. If we want these things, yeah. we have to accept. Mm. And I hope this doesn't, you know, <laughs> it doesn't come back to bite me in the yeah. ass in some way, shape or form. Yeah. But it's almost like, well, you know, a lot science, science is all about experiment and some things you can plan for and some things you can't. Mm. Um, so we're going to the moon. Yeah. People, people die going to the moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's just life. Right. And yeah. I mean, that's very blase thing for me to say. <laughs> I'm not trying to be that. No, like no, that. No. I just think with that shirt, blase. It's um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting. And and that's interesting as well. Like self driving cars. Um, I know Elon Musk gets very excited about it. So mm. uh, there's a lot of stuff in the press about self driving cars. Um, I'm still. Like self-driving cars, yeah, cool. And the technology to go and build a self-driving cooler is fantastic. And the yeah. people who build that stuff, mm. like, geez Louise, they've got to have, they've got to be seriously brainy people like you, yeah. to them. But self-driving cars, don't people drive cars because they enjoy it? Mm. But I think it's just for a transportation thing. So if they have self-driving cars, imagine what that would do to the trucking industry in, yeah. the, in Europe. Yeah. You know, you're going to have things that don't need to be manned, right? So, or, you know, piloted by human. Mm-hmm. Um a computer that's controlling it, so the probability of mistake is lower. Yep. You know. Um, so yeah, self driving cars is an enjoyment, but for stuff like that, for logistics reasons, haulage and stuff like that. Yeah. So so I suppose it's just yeah. and and I suppose the other thing is that the advantage of AI is that you know if you could have <clears throat> you could set it up so that all haulage goes at night, mm. so that when people want to use the road, people are more inclined to use the road yeah. during the day. Happy day! All the haulage is going from twelve to six a.m. or something like that. So yeah, there's advantages to it. Um, I was also I was talking to some mates about it yesterday in terms of, again, I think people are like, wow, self-driving cars. How, how long's cruise control been around in the automotive that, industry? That's <laughs> autonomy it? level one. Exactly. Yeah. But that's but that's where it started and that's where the extension mm. comes from. It's not like abracadabra there is boom, self-driving cars. Yeah. It's like well, it's taken, only, it takes years to get We're only up to right? autonomy level two in automotive industry and there's five levels. Yeah. And the fifth level is like completely, you can read a book. Yeah. You know, level uh, we're at level two, so even Tesla's driving car is not really a driving car. It's mm-hmm. sort of, like you said, it's sort of narrow-minded in what mm-hmm. it does. Mm-hmm. It, it knows what it's supposed to do, but it can't really think outside of that sort yeah, of yeah. parameter. Yeah. Um, so, so it's the level two in the automotive industry. That's the the kind of self-braking, the, the sensors ADAS, around the so car. advanced driving assistance. Right. Um, autonomy level one is like cruise control. Yep. Level two is ADAS, advanced driving assistance, where it can sort of um, – it knows how fast to go. Like it can use sort of GPS to understand what the speed limit is. It, it's got a radar where it detects the car in front. It can brake and self-brake and sort of mitigate um, traffic sort of conditions. But it can't really think for itself. Autonomy level three is now I think the only car available with it is the Audi A8. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's illegal to use. Yeah, so Why is that? It, well, it's not ready yet. It's not well. Think about how much legislation yeah, you have oh, yeah, to go yeah, exactly. through before you can exactly. just let that happen. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's where it can turn and do, but it's still sort of narrow minded in itself. Yeah. It's not level yeah. five where it's yeah, just yeah. mate, jump in. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't was, even have a steering wheel anymore. So you know, autonomy level five. That's an interesting point. So you've said level three in the car world, it's not there because of legislation. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. The stuff we've been talking about, there's not much legislation at all. Yeah. Well, and, and, sup- it's, and it's more advanced. Yeah. Well, uh, I suppose well, less fear of death, you know, in a car, it's very easy to kill someone. Whereas then, unregulated, Facebook messaging. Yeah. yeah but then and, you've got, you've got and people killing themselves all the time. With 100%. Oh, I'm totally in, yeah. in agreement with you. And yeah. it's a great, great point. Yeah. So, like, we're legislating 
level three autonomy in cars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Facebook and all of those people, and yeah, what you said, self-regulating themselves like that is the that's preposterous. Like, it's why crazy. would they, they wouldn't do that? Yeah. No, not in a capitalist world that we live in. Exactly right, and that's the thing. So it's like it's if it's all about the money, then organisations like yeah, okay, cool. We, we we love making money, and we do it because we figured out how to we, we figured out how human brains work, and we figured out how to build within our te- within our social media platforms. Uh, cues, events, whatever it might be, th- items that trigger people to come back and have mm. our attention, and and it's like okay, so and okay, we well, need to calm that down, mm. self regulate, mm. okay, yeah, I love the money, yeah, exactly, <laughs> it's all driven by money. <laughs> well, then so. you start getting, well, then we spoke about on the the ethics side of things. How do you how do you bring that into the mix? Uh, well, you're seeing it more and more. There are more and more organisations that are coming in to call for. Um, you know, government legislation, um, ethics group. There's one, there's a call and it's about the, um, the it's a bit like the Geneva Convention but yeah. for AI. In, yeah, I was in wondering when there's going to be some sort of governing body or some yeah. something built to well, sort of govern this. Exactly. I mean, yeah. well, that's the thing and it's been done before. Would it be global? Well, it, well the Geneva Convention is yeah. and, it, yeah. and, you look, and you look at the use of landmines mm-hmm. and they say, okay, well, we, won't, we won't do that anymore because yeah. landmines is just horrendous. It's a, and, they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're left everywhere and they and people, villages go and tread on them and mutate themselves in the process and all kinds of stuff. So it's like, right, okay, let's not do that anymore. I've never got that about, you know, they've made landmines illegal. Why not, like, why not make fucking war illegal? Like, I don't understand why it's all right to fucking nuke our country or something like that, but yeah. no, landmines you can't use. But wars, that's fu- that's fine. That's cool. Uh, yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah, it's bonkers, isn't it? It's ridiculous. It's, it's yeah, humankind's. Uh, humankind is a, a weird and flawed beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe we do need AI. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's and that's the thing. And that's and that, that, there you go. There, yeah. There's. I don't know you talking about Asimov earlier yeah. on, but it's like, well, if there was a if if in three thousand years into the future, ten thousand years, there's finally a sentient being and it, AI machine, and it can control all the robots and AI that we've created, and its sole purpose is to look after humankind. Um, would it then go, well, actually, I've just realized that humans are all a bit nut- like a bit nutty mm. and actually I just need to control them so that they are, yeah, you know, and statistically it's like yeah, well, everybody, rather than having these huge swings in terms of people, some people are happy and some people are sad. Well, what if we came up with, um, you know, well, actually human beings, if they're 66% happy um, all the time and they're asleep and I just make them dream. I mean, this is like where the matrix Total comes recall. from yeah, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Why wouldn't I do that? It's mm. like, yeah. Anyway, again, this is this is why I love AI because we can go and start talking about sci-fi, which I love yeah, in, its, in itself. So, um, yeah, try not to get too off topic. Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah. no. Let's go back to that. So, if AI was smart enough to understand and all sentience, mm. what wouldn't it see the human race as a threat uh, to itself? Because we could unplug it. Well, that's very sort of binary. Insert. But yeah, we could. Yeah. But if we make something smarter than us that can figure out everything that we sort of know and better, well, yeah. then we can't really outsmart it. Exactly. Well, then we're fucked. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> but, again, but again, I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, valid points. <laughs> valid points. I don't think it's going to happen in our no. lifetime. No, you I, said 10,000 years. <laughs> 2045, I heard well, it on YouTube yesterday. Well, <laughs> well, this, well, this is the thing, right? So um, I used to, when I joined Flamingo, I worked with a really, really top guy called Dr. Jack Elliott. And he was a um, lead data scientist and, you know, one of the lead dudes at building the brain and just an absolutely awesome dude. 
And um, Jack used to say, um, Simon, the thing is with artificial intelligence is never has, has one thing of, uh, promised so much and delivered so little. Mm. Uh, and he was quite candid about that. And, and, and he's on the record and, uh, talking about it. And I think that's the thing. It's like, and he made, he made that point and he's a, you know, he's a professor, he's a genius and all this kind of stuff. And he builds brains, <laughs> software brains for a living. And, and people are like oh, 2045, yeah. so, you know, super AI is going to be here and then we're all going to be, you know, yeah. carrying for the crows and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah. he's, yeah. just, just if I may plug, plug Jack, because I think, or, or his work rather, he, um, he actually did his, he, he studied um, English literature as well as data science. And mm. he actually built a program that um, analyzed works of Shakespeare as well as other famous um, 16th century playwrights. Mm. And um, he's recognized, he built this program and um, I've written again, I'm just going to my notes because he wrote a program that there's this previously unknown work uh, called the Arden of Faversham, which was written in 1592. And it was always written by anonymous. Um, but what doc, Dr. Jack did, and I think this is cool, but you know, cool's all relative, right? Mm. Um, he actually ran it through his um, machine and his program. And it's proven now. And it's recognized that at Shakespeare actually wrote uh, part of this play. And as part of a whole kind of Jack and Nori of playwrights who each wrote a chapter in this, in this play. I just think, wow, that's amazing. Somebody actually came up. And that's the other impressive thing with artificial intelligence is that there's a whole bunch of kind of negatives around it in terms of biased and, oh, you know, humans can do some fairly nefarious things about it. At the same time, it also highlights just how genius human beings can be. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to lose sight of that. I think it's worthwhile pointing that out. There are some really bright people in this world. Oh, yeah. And, and, and if we can replicate and good, bright people, and if we can replicate that and use that to our advancement, like the world will be a better place. But there's also evil people. There are evil people, mm. you know, and um, yeah, and that's what we and that's why we talk about regulation, right? Yeah. Because it's like we you, you want to. I suppose it's in that element of control, isn't it? You, you want to be able to protect what's important, mm. protect what people might try and abuse, and at the same time have an ecosystem where you can encourage science people humans to go and do some really cool stuff mm. and there will be gray and there will be black and white and there will be gray and that's why i think you need to have ethics and, and a framework in place to try and um control that mm. and do it in a, in a in a cool way and still even if we regulate it people will go around the of course it's like it's like tax yeah. you know? <laughs> there's always people where you know there's yeah. tax rules regs all this kind of stuff and there'll always be somebody on the periphery going well we just did this and just yeah. did that and yeah, yeah. Is there almost a catalogue, catalogue's the wrong word, but it's what comes to my mind of, um, I use the word inventions, but is there a catalogue of what AI is currently doing? So, you know, we've, we've got a programme that can do that. We've got a programme that can do that. That's almost a global piece where everyone's keeping aware and, and up to date. Because I think what's going to drive AI, and I love what you said, is, is people, the creative people thinking about problems to solve and, and how to do that. Yeah. Um, but are we keeping track of what problems we're solving? Well, I, I suppose the individuals who are working on the individual projects will be very aware of what they're doing, but yeah. I don't think... So I, no I, do not, I do not believe that there would be. It would take a lot to be able to do that. Mm. because I, And I suppose that's a reflection of the amount of work and growth within the AI industry. Mm. Um, and that's what makes it so exciting. And also, how would you... You could have... I mean, I suppose it's like... Um, 
What's in online? Uh, Wikipedia, right? Mm-hmm. So Wikipedia is trying to capture as much information in the world as possible, and that relies upon people volunteering to put information in there and, and track each other to make sure it's accurate and it's not, you know, all that kind of stuff. You'd ha- probably have to have something like that, but people would have to offer up and volunteer what they were working mm, on. Exactly. But at the same time, if you think about AI within, I don't know, the Pentagon, mm. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be conspiracy theory or yeah, anything, yeah. but there will be, and you, you think about all the governments in the world, some are very well documented about their, their interest in artificial intelligence and how they might use it into the future. They're never going to tell you what they're doing. Hundred yeah. <laughs> yeah. percent. Um, other than that, you just got to rely on uh, on on search engines and, and go and find out about it. And yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there, right? It's a jungle out there. How are you going with your questions? You got some more? They just look like words now. <laughs> <laughs> so, if there were sort of rules to creating AI, yeah, well, you yeah. personally, what would yeah. your three rules be? Or oh, it doesn't have to be three. What should be the rules? The core. Values when oh, creating man. AI, and you didn't give me any notes on this. No, I didn't. Um, I don't know. I suppose perhaps it's just a reflection on my own personal um, approach to life, which is doing to others as you would do to them. Mm. And when I say that, I mean you know, don't be a dick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's be, a great be, rule. Just, <laughs> just don't just, be a dick. Just, if you're you know, going to create, <laughs> just, yeah, don't just, create. Just a be dick nice. Reasons, yeah. Just. Just be nice. Some, some of the best companies in the world still have that policy. <laughs> Obviously, it's not really. It's like, don't, yeah, yeah. don't, well, don't hire a dickhead. Oh, well, that's the thing. I mean, I think um, Google actually used to have um, one of their kind of key mantras was don't do not do evil. Mm. I think they changed that in yeah. 2018. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, it's now do good or something like that. It's not the Cracker. reflection on don't what do evil. What a mantra. <laughs> I can't remember. You'll have to do Google good. It. Have we got a guy in a box who can go and like <laughs> yeah, tell us a, what is that? No, not yet. Jimmy. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next time. So what's the other two rules? You mentioned one. Oh, man. Well, what would your rules be? Sorry, my, I'm just buying, I'm just not, buying time not now. Not my question, mate. Um, I don't know, man. Well, Asimov's got a good what three you, rules. Yeah. Go on, Asimov. Should we, should we mention Asimov's three rules? Hold on, let me just go to my notes here. <laughs> okay, so Asimov, um, who is he? Uh, Isaac Asimov, famous science fiction writer from uh, across the years. He's just, yeah, if you read if you I read think Asimov, they use his rules in iRobot as well. I think they do. Yeah, so uh, law number one, a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Uh, law two, a robot must obey orders given to it by human beings except where orders would conflict with the first law. Yep. And the third law, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So it's really, again, that's... So no one ever dies. Except the robot. Except the robot. But again, that's the power dynamics, right? Mm. Going back to power dynamics, what we talk about earlier on is that master-servant Robots are subservient to human beings, and in that, mm. and that outlines that perfectly, right? Who, who's who's the one who's going to have a life? Who's and who's not? I'll be a robot. We'll, re, we'll rebuild you, mm. put you in the recycler, and back you come. I mean, you know, it's just it's strange, isn't it? There's this there's technological singularity. Does it scare you? So, technological singularity being where technology overtakes humankind. And in, is, that, yeah. is that what you mean by that? Well, it's a hypothetical point in time at which technological growth becomes uncontrollable and irreversible, resulting in unforeseeable changes to humanity. So, well, are we not, are we not potentially in terms of, let's just read that again. My handwriting's um, great. That's no, right. It's, it's pretty neat. I'm a better mechanic. Than, it's, it's, I, didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know you had a child. It's... <laughs> 
it's it, it's better than John's. Yeah, uh, mate. Check out that <laughs> calligraphy set for Christmas, yeah. John. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what is it? It's about technological growth becomes uncontrollably and irreversible, resulting in unforeseeable changes to humanity. So, um, I think if you look at um, if you look at social dilemma, and I don't know we talked a lot about it today, yeah. wasn't my intention. Good plug. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Watch it, people. Um, it, they're talking about, you know, there are so many algorithms out there and that it, it is having an impact on society. Mm. And that's why you see this, um, the rise of, well, this is my view and that's your view. And they're kind of two, they're kind of polar mm. um, and they're extreme. This, we're starting to see this more yeah. and more and more. Is that not an unforeseeable, um, uncontrollable change? I mean, it might not be irreversible, but yeah. maybe we're getting there already, right? And that's why we're it's trying true. to call for it for, for regulation of it. But um, I don't think I answered your question. I'm sorry. I don't think there was a question. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just want to talk about technological singularity? No, because it's a fascinating thing. Like that's like a, sort of the Terminator thing, you yeah, know, it where it gets to a point where they can reproduce themselves and then they see us as a threat and yeah. – you know, well, I, I, you know what, I was thinking about Terminator the other day, as you do, yeah, um, always, always. <laughs> people, uh, again, people, and I'm, and I'm, a lot of individuals who I come across when I talk to them about AI always, always raise Terminator. You know, in Terminator, they actually invented a time machine. Nobody talks about the time machine, right? Where, when Terminator one and two, Terminator two, because he comes from the future to protect him in the past. In all of them, right? There's a time yeah. machine. Like, hang on, like Terminator, people go to enslavement of humankind yeah. by robots. Nobody goes, hang on a minute. They actually created a time yeah, machine. Right. How, do we, the how do we get, yeah. how do we get there? Yeah. <laughs> it's, and again, I, and I just point that out because it's all like, why, again, back to my earlier point, there is a fascination, interest, obsession with the, with technology and human beings mm. that is almost blinding to other things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, t- time travel, I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's possible. Well, if time <laughs> travel existed, we, yeah, if, wouldn't we already say it? Well, my mate, my mate, it's so deep. I'm scared. I need a spliff for this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to do another show on time <laughs> yeah, travel, right? Yeah. So, I got, so having worked in the industry for five years, it, yep. it's all I feel, whilst you've covered a lot, it feels like you've kind of not even scratched the surface yep. in terms of what it can do. Yep. Where would you personally mm-hmm. like to, to take AI, where would you like to see it go? And I'm assuming because I know you, it would do, it would do some sort of good rather than yes. evil. Yes. Where would you like to see it go? I think the um, exponential threat to humankind right now is global warming and the amount of plastic that we see in the world. And it's there and we're not doing enough about it. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. If you've got, if, because <laughs> some people are like, well, it doesn't exist, it's not real, whatever. Okay, cool. You know, I respect mm. you, you beliefs. Um, but if there is 4 million tonnes of plastic floating in the Pacific Ocean right now and the acidity of the sea is rising and there is um, extinction of um, fish, plants, whatever in the world, and that is a threat. And, they, and you know, we, we see bushfires and it's now it's raining a lot and it's all, all this kind of stuff. Because of climate change, surely we can deploy smart machines to help with that, Right. If you think about, well, if this all this crap shit in the sea and it is an, and it's on a vast scale, four million tons of shit is a lot. Mm. Well, 
if you're going to get people in boats to f- go out into the middle of the Pacific and try and fish it out the sea, as an example, and again, I'm just kind of come, you know, mm. come up with an idea. Well, surely you could have some kind of if they're building self-driving cars. What about self-driving boats that can go harvest the rubbish out of the sea? Just an example, right? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we doing more with AI about and its application towards uh, a cause like that? Good a good cause in my, and, and then also something that's really important to us, you know, water and stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's an easy answer. Yeah. Capitalist. We live in a capitalist society. Yeah. So that's not going to sort of generate money. Elon Musk talked about that recently where he was to, like, he wants to build a supercomputer or a super, super artificial intelligence to be able to work out all of these issues that we have. So renewable energy, we should be doing all of that yeah. stuff to sort of use the like the sun has so much energy yeah. you know we only need like 1% not even 1% of what yeah. it sort of raised down on the world to yeah. be to sort of sustain all yeah, exactly. of humanity yeah. you know and that's why he wants to sort of yeah. um invent sort of super artificial intelligence he yeah. also wants to go to mars as well to build a backup drive yeah for humanity just in case we fuck this planet up <laughs> yeah I know. yeah why not i can say, I, I like that sort of idea for it yeah. but yeah yeah i think uh, i think in terms of doing good there's a whole lot of bad stuff that goes on in the world and as you said people are more more prepossessed to make money than they are to go and fix things mm. um so it seems yeah there are some very good people who are not interested in money and they just want to go do the right thing and good things and all that kind of stuff i, I suppose it's all relative good and bad yeah One person's good is another person's bad and vice versa yeah um i think in, in today right now john just to, to your point in terms of um, how how can we help? I think I get r- a real buzz out of trying to develop what we do right now in the health, in the field of healthcare, mm. right? So let's look at diabetes as an example, right? Type two diabetes is on the rise all over the world, right? People are eating more, um, and then they and type two diabetes is um, I've got to use the right terminology here. Type two diabetes is basically the majority of people who suffer type two diabetes is because of lifestyle choices, mm-hmm. lifestyle choices that means you exercise less, you might consume more and you consume more of bad things, whether it's sugar or alcohol or anything like that. Um, and to fix the, the challenge of type two diabetes, I think um, I was reading something, it was on like Diabetes Australia and it basically said to help someone who's made a life, to, to help somebody who makes poor lifestyle choices and they could do that because they're depressed or they're anxious or whatever it might be. To help someone overcome that, you need to spend, um, you know, 15 hours a month with that person. And that's, uh, and who is spending the time with them? Doctors, nutritionists, psychiatrists, to help monitor and engage that person so that if they wake up at three o'clock in the morning and they're feeling down and they're like nervous or they're having, and it's like, right, I just really want to go and get a fix. So I'm just going to go to the freezer and and eat ice cream or whatever it might be. And and again, I'm please don't think I'm trying to generalize here. Um, There aren't enough people... (laughs) to do that, to support that. Mm. And yet there's two, I think there's, it's a huge statistic. There's like a million and a half people who suffer from type two diabetes in Australia. Um, and if you go into the US, it's much, much bigger, obviously yeah. it's the bigger, it's the scale. It's the same in the UK. And the amount of money, the billions of dollars that gets spent every year on trying to support people with type two, like type two diabetes is huge. So it's like, well, actually, if you think about it, so for example, we have a conversational agent, you could, and there's some very smart technology in, in available in di- treatment of diabetes, by the way. Um, the, if you've got um, a conversational agent, like what I have, and you could put it in a phone app, for example, and you could train it to have com- be conversant with uh, 
I don't want to use the word patients, uh, individuals who have type two diabetes, um, and you could train it to be some train that agent to to almost mimic represent a psychologist or a dietitian or whomever or all three all at the same time, and then so then it's like well actually that that technology is always on. So if you if you if you're like okay well I've, I feel like I want to go and do something that I know I shouldn't, but I can't call my doctor because it's three a.m. Okay, well, I'll just get my phone and, mm. and have a chat. Okay, well, why would you do this? Well, talk to me about this. Talk to me about that. Mm. That's really cool. And that's something we could do today. Mm. I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's a long road. Um, but that's, that's the kind of thing that I think we see as a, a solution to a problem that impacts loads and loads of people. Mm. And it's a really smart use of the technology. Mm. And, it's, and it's right there. And I don't think, don't think a machine or a piece of technology that's going to help somebody um, get through type 2 diabetes, um, it's going to take over, enslave them and take over mankind. Human yeah, but I think kind. it's, Humankind, a, it's ethical use of the data that it grabs. So I was reading this um, article where supposedly you can sort of pick up on early onset um, sort of symptoms of uh, Parkinson's yep. by the way someone walks. Yeah, right. Right, so the accelerometer in your phone picks up the cadence on how you walk and mm. supposedly they've figured out through algorithms, obviously yeah. humans can't sort of pick yeah. up that sort of cadence. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they've figured out that you can actually people with Parkinson's coming on, even though they have no symptoms, they yeah, yeah. start walking different. Yeah. You know, and they if they could just get everyone's accelerometer, they'll be able to yeah. notify people and you know sort of develop a cure or you know yeah, yeah, yeah. a better sort of care for that sort of yeah. um, so situation. It's, it's, but it's like, all right, how do we get access to that data? Who's monitoring? Who has access to that data? How, like, it sort of opens up a can of worms. It it, it does. Um, and health. There's so much rules and regs around healthcare, yeah. and there's so much rules and regs around um, privacy and security of of individual data. Mm. That would be something that you would offer to to an individual that they would then opt into, mm. um, and you would then have a corpus of information and data that you could then train the technology on, so that it could become more and more accurate. Mm. Because software programs that monitor data, the more data you put in, the better it becomes. Yeah. Right? Simple as that. So the more data. So I suppose the question of ethics was that, okay, well, if we suddenly, if Apple turned around and said, right, everybody with an Apple, right, we're all going to start measuring your gate mm. without telling you, yeah. or we're just going to put it in the um, T's and C's. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nobody yeah. reads. Yeah. Nobody yeah. reads, yeah. just accept and move on. You yeah. probably could put it in there, actually, and just, you know, do it. But, um, yeah, I think that would be a fairly... That, I th- I believe, um, mm. you know, that would be straightforward in conceptually. So I said, well, opt in, opt out. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's a great one. It's yeah. a, but again, that's a great way. It's like it, that's a great a great example of somebody who's gone out and said, well, how like people, an application of software, the use of software and artificial intelligence yeah. is something that will impact someone yeah. and. Parkinson's is a, is a horrible disease yeah. and we want to do more to treat it, right? Yeah, that was all figured out from AI as well because yeah. they could also tell by the way someone's voice, the sort of vibrato in your voice. Yeah. yeah and also only found through AI. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating. So it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Right? And, that, and that, again, a great example of doing good mm. right? with AI. Yeah. Not enslaving humankind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's 2045. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We still got time. We still got time. You gone through your checklist? Yeah, man. You good? Yeah. Oh, we keep, we keep going. Yeah, we can. I'm happy to if you are. John, you can read some of my writing. <laughs> there you go. Just pick one out, random. Pick one out. Well, yeah. I, well, to be honest, what, what ones have you got, mate? I've got the ones 
I've got very simple kind of open questions. So you want to know where I got my shirt from? Yeah, that, right? <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> that was number one. <laughs> exactly. To be honest, I, I probably did all mine about an hour ago. You put you put a, well, but this is yours. But you put around here market manipulation. What did you mean by the market manipulation? There's a massive spiel there. Read it. Oh, so market manipulation. Social bots have also been shown to exploit markets by by artificially inflation inflating stock through fraudulent promotion before selling its position to unsuspecting parties at an inflated price. For instance, in a recent pr- prominent case of a social bot network sphere of influence was used to spread disinformation about a barely tra- public traded company. The company's value gained more than 36,000% when its penny stock surged from less than 10 cents to above $20 Excuse me. in a matter of weeks. Yeah, I'm, these things happen. <laughs> Why the hell did you put that? Because that was you. That's a bit of stock stuff, you know. Money, you like that shit. Well, <laughs> I like money. Yeah, I think I, again. I think it's um, it, it's just people behaving nefariously mm. to drive an outcome. Mm. It's um, fascinating how they could do that, though. I mean, where there's a will, there's a way, yeah. right? I think it comes back to ethics. That's something that we that's come up again and again and again with all the different industries and the the benefits, the advantages. Mm-hmm. Just comes back down to the ethics, the ethical side. I think we always have to talk about ethics as well at the moment because it is such an unregulated thing at the moment. Well, I think, and I I think it's because it is a, it is a what I mean. AI was uh, a term or an idea that came out of the nineteen thirties. It's been around for a while, but it's still fairly new. Mm. And actually, the practical application of AI is something we're only we're only starting to see very recently. Mm. So. From a regulation standpoint, I suppose most regulation comes in after the fact, after something's happened or after it's been introduced. And actually, and this is why I love working in AI. And I kind of switched, and uh, some of you may know that I used to work in financial services. But actually, the great thing about working in AI is where I worked in financial services and currency, it's a world that's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And eventually mm. there will be earth credits mm. and then there won't be any more foreign exchange. Yeah. Um, so if you think of it, it's like a, it's like a triangle. We're just getting to a point where it's just there's a singular Earth credit and that's it. Whereas AI is actually it's an it's inverted, yeah. so it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, because you can use it in so many different ways. I was I was listening to a podcast the other day and uh, there were some some guys again scientists talking about their use of it, and um, they were using robots and artificial intelligence to mimic uh, bee swarming, and um, and they had little kind of robot bees doing their thing and they're trying to, and it's like again why do we need to understand bee swarming mm. well, because it's interesting and we might do something with it i suppose mm. and again we learn so much about the technology through use, using it again but when you go hey what cool cool use of artificial intelligence can you think of and i go healthcare and you and you know you talk about cars as an example mm. and then somebody's gone yeah but i really like to understand and, and imitate bee swarming okay mm. <laughs> it's just like so much the the application. What am I talking about? The application of artificial intelligence is just so vast. Yeah. Yeah. And again, to go back to the point around regulation, you don't know you won't know what to regulate until it's actually happened. Yeah, I think we're moving so fast; it's just hard to keep up with regulation. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's just like tax. Just think about it. A hundred years ago, we had the Wright brothers make a plane, yeah. and yeah. here now we're talking about you know artificial intelligence, flying planes. Maybe yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. Mind blown. The other thing that I was listening to the other day that I, f- I thought was really interesting is that as we try and, and build artificially intelligent machines, um, th- and we were talking about experimentation earlier on, you, 
you have a hypothesis when you experiment, you think you're going to do something and then there'll be all this stuff that kind of comes mm. out. And it's probably likely that as we try and build one thing that we might actually build something else, for yeah, example, yeah. a sentient machine. Yeah. And in this conversation, and, and I think this is, um, you know, very serious professors and doctors talking about it. And they were saying, well, what happens if, if the first AI, true AI that we build that has sentience is happy, right? You've built a machine and it's happy. Great. You don't have to worry about cyber uh, dying and, mm. <laughs> and all that yeah. stuff happening because you've built a happy machine. Skynet. Skynet. Mm. What did I say? Cyber dying or something. Cyber something like something else. A couple of or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Cy- cyber dying. Paracetamol or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, cool. So if, if the first machine that we build that has sentience is happy, great. Mm. Um, but what if we accidentally build something that is that suffers? What would we? And again, just to kind of go down this ethical path, mm. what if we were trying to build um, a sentient machine, and as an outcome of that, we built a machine that was sentient, but it suffered, and just from from being, it suffered. How would we then treat that sentient being? What would we? Turn it off? Would we be because it's sentient, right? So it's not just like, oh, it's not a turning a toaster off. Mm. It would be the equivalent of killing something. Argue, of yeah. killing something. Yeah. But would you but it's suffering. So okay, well, how do you, do you then invent something to treat its suffering, to stop its suffering, to to medicate its suffering? Yeah. So that whilst you try and find a cure to its suffering, yeah. I mean how do you do it? Uh, again. Fuck, what a web. <laughs> Where's this? It's like, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It is. It yeah. is. Hey, well, you're the Asimov yeah. fan, so I thought, yeah, exactly. Well, then there's going to be, be sort of. A, yeah. It might come to a stage where we actually have humane treatment of AI. As fucking weird as that sounds, but it's not because if artificial I'm, intelligence. No, no, no. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. So, if artificial intelligence is technology that mimics hum, humans, yeah. then why wouldn't we? If we do, if we do actually make it so it's truly re- replicating a human we would then have to treat it in a humane way. That, that follows, does it? Yeah, but it would always be, once again, that class thing, it'll always be second to us. Would it? Or if to it, us if it would be. If it's sent, yeah, to, <laughs> yeah, it might have something to say about that. <laughs> so are you saying that there's no areas that, in your, in your view, there's no areas that AI can't touch? I, uh, in summation, yes. So I, I tell you what, one of the... <clears throat> if you're in sci-fi and AI, there's an amazing uh, kind of movement, I would call it, futurists. Have you heard about futurists? Mm-hmm. And it's basically people who professionally try and predict the future and what might happen. Mm. And there's, um, wherever you are, I mean, we're obviously in Sydney. I've I've met futurist groups in Sydney. They're absolutely everywhere. They're really cool. I think it's really amazing because, again, it demonstrates how creative we are as a, mm. as, a as a group. And I went to an event and um, and we were talking about emotion, right? And it's and somebody was saying our emotions are basically because we are ke- we are biological beings and we have chemicals in our body that create emotion. You can actually boil down the sixteen chemicals that create all of our emotions, right? It's like a it's like a, a, you know get a cauldron, mm. put it all together, make an emotion, right? Yeah. I've had some of those when I was younger. <laughs> I'm sure you have. What's this one? Oh, yeah, that's Barocca. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Sorry. But no, 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 you're absolutely fine. Um, but in terms of, so think about, and, and maybe this is just, this isn't just artificial intelligence, and I'm expanding upon this, just to be clear. 
But in terms of where does the future, what does the future hold for humankind from a scientific perspective? If we can turn around and say, well, we can distill human emotion through these 16 different chemicals and actually we can get a balance from it. Like that, that is like, well, if you can make people feel a certain way by literally smell this and you're going to feel happy, you know, and I suppose in a crude kind of way, when you, you know, certain substances do that to you now, they give you yeah. a high and then you, and you crash like hell afterwards. But what if, in the future, and these futurists were talking about this, you, you can actually just manufacture emotions, mm. like good emotions, happy emotions. But then again, and I was thinking about taking a bit, taking it to take it a step further. What happens if all of us are different, and we all feel things in different ways? So, what it, what love is to John, and mm. we know it's shoes, yeah, very bright shoes and and pocket squares, pocket squares, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, might be different to to your to what you love, and mm. I'm I'm not familiar with your things that you love. So mm -hmm. forgive me for that. But it's all like, okay, well, what if John's pure, pure love emotion when he sees a, a pocket square is <laughs> a, a 10 times what you feel for the thing that you love the most. Mm. And then it's like, okay, well, how would you then, that would, that would be the next big thing for marketeers, right? Mm. They'll be all over that yeah. because it's like, right, you could go Ten to a gym. Stronger. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Yeah. Like you, it's, it, oh, it's just fascinating. And I, and I love futurists yeah. because it's kind of like, ha and so there's some very well, it's a very well respected mm. fear, so that's fear, sphere, excuse me. Yeah. And people make a living out of, in my mind, and, and again, I'm just a simple AI guy, uh, out of being creative and about um, thinking about what might, may or may not happen in the future. Yeah. It's amazing. People write books about it. It's yeah. just absolutely well, movies back to the future. Like how fucking way off were they? <laughs> I still got no hoverboard. And the well, DeLorean was a piece of shit. Mate, the uh, <laughs> hoverboards, they, ha they are making hoverboards now. Yeah, Lexus did one. But it has <laughs> yeah. to run on a track or something like yeah, that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. We're not there yet. 2045, right, yeah. hoverboards <laughs> and sentient AI. It's coming. You heard it here first. Didn't the trainers yeah. come out though? The Air Max came out, didn't they? Yeah, 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 they did with the the ten thousand bucks though when they first came out. Oh, we'll get to now. Those. They're worth like way more. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to know? Mate, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Oh, come on, episode one. <laughs> episode one on. AI. I feel like this is a, like a two or three part <laughs> podcast, <laughs> and, and, I, and I and I think um, again, I think um, th this has been a great conversation. Mm. So so thank you both. Um, I think when you start talking about AI, the conversation always mutates into a whole range of topics and subjects that are related to AI. But um, it just, yeah, that's why we could talk about this for an eternity pretty much. Not that we're going to, but you can just talk about it for hours because it's always like, what about this and what about that? And what is possible? Well, I, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and, and I don't know and anything. Mm. So it's like, well, just what do you want to do and how do you yeah. do it? And That's what's yeah. so fascinating about yeah. the subject. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, well, on that, I'm going to finish up on my question now. Sure. You got a table for four, books for dinner somewhere. Sounds nice. Who's your three guests? Who are you going for dinner with, and why? Oh, and wow. it doesn't have to be related to AI, by the way. Dinner guests. Um, I don't know, man. That's ah, oh, jeez. That's a really deep. That's a, it's a good question. Um, oh man, I don't know. We can edit out these paws as well. <laughs> can, I, can I come back next week? When I, <laughs> I just try to think in terms of probably not, um, probably not the people, the people I'm interested, the, the people who I, I wouldn't want, to, I wouldn't be able to name them, but people who are at the, the cutting edge of developing this technology, 
and to those who are doing good stuff, like in healthcare. Because I get, I really get a buzz out of that. Mm. So if you had somebody, so when I met Dr. Lisa Kelly, and I've only met her once, so, you know, it's, you know, and I'm not trying to hero worship her as an individual or anything like that, but people like that fascinate me. And the, and, and it's like, think of all the knowledge in that one person and think of how we might replicate that knowledge. Cause that is the knowledge in, in someone like that, that's brained is astounding and it's built up over years and years and years. And when they die, it disappears. So I would like to have a conversation. Maybe we could spread it with four people. I could turn around and say, right, I want to meet uh, a neuroscientist, uh, a technologist, a technologist, somebody who can build um, software to the highest degree and then how we replicate it so that they can take the knowledge out of that person's brain and go and do some really cool stuff with it. Yeah. We can upload it yeah. or save, and save save that data. Save it. Yeah. Save and it. And use it for later. Because it's, um, you know, my, my father passed away a couple of years and he, uh, excuse me, he passed away a couple of years ago and he was a tremendously bright guy and he had so much knowledge in, locked in his brain. Mm. And then, like, you know, I bought a house recently and I'm trying to do stuff to the house and I'm like, oh, I, you know, I wish dad was here so mm. I could talk to him about it because he's got all the knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I'd just love to have a chat with him anyway, right? But, mm. you know, just all that knowledge is just gone, mm. just disappears. And it's like to, to try and capture that information in some way, shape or form and to, to then have it available to do stuff with, to, to, yeah. to, 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 to do good with it, I think is, yeah. is what I'm Well, that's sort of in. what AI will be. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Not, in, not in some kind of, yeah, yeah, hopefully. Mm. But does that answer your question? Sorry, I know you it can does. take the pauses out and all no, that kind does. of stuff. That is perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. It's been a delight having you on today. I've loved it. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. much. Loved it. I think we'll, we need to come back and, and go on another theme. 100%. Because I know you've got about another four pages that we can yeah. touch. <laughs> and I do I, have to get a loo, though. Yeah, and, and, and I had to read out something that I didn't know I was reading. <laughs> but thank you uh, for coming on Lifestyle Pirates. Mate, if people want to just have a conversation with you, you're obviously very, very knowledgeable and passionate about it. How do people get hold of you? Uh, well, thank you for saying those things. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always learning, so hopefully I'll get more, more knowledge. Aren't we all? Yeah. Absolutely. We're, yeah. all on a, we're all on a journey, exactly. on a voyage. Mm-hmm. I should have put more pirate, pirate-related <laughs> puns in today. Yeah. I was expecting to come up with a broadside and just fire it all out there, but um, <laughs> it's not Next happening, time, mate. <laughs> we're themed it next time, 100%. <laughs> I forgot your question now, mate. Yeah. How, <laughs> How can people get, get hold of you? How yes. can people get hold of me? It's a great question. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's probably the best way to find me. Um, yeah, or we'll get in touch with you. Yeah, yeah. You've got my we'll, details and pass it on. And um, yeah, we'll have chats. Awesome. We'll include, it. We'll include a link. Appreciate you coming along. Thank you. Thank, Thank you very, very much. much. That was awesome. Thank you. Cheers, Arr. guys. Arr.